Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And this is episode 51 for the week of May 25th, 2018. How you doing, Adam? Good, good. We're about to head into a Memorial Day weekend. Yes. Get the grills out. and Yep. And and it being uh, uh, Memorial Day weekend, it probably will rain all weekend. It's supposed to, actually. I, I believe I saw that in the <laughs> forecast. <clears throat> so that means I'm making pizzas on Monday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, So what's been happening with you? Uh, not a whole lot. Just getting ready for the summer. we got I some am, big events I, coming up, so yes. I've been making arrangements, getting some interviews lined up. Awesome. I have, too. I have been... Uh, if you can tell a little difference from last week's podcast and this week's, we're back in our studio here at the home office, and uh, uh, we've been slowly rebuilding it, and we're, we've even decided to improve it some. We're putting even more sound panels in. We're going to actually panel the whole room, uh, you know, all four walls, and uh, I hope it'll be a good product for you. I hope you guys will notice the difference, and I hope you're enjoying the quality that we get from the uh, sound booth here. But uh, So I've been kind of keeping that. That's been my project, what's keeping me really busy. So If you've never been in a sound booth like this, the weird thing is how quiet it is. If you're in here by yourself and just sitting, I think you can actually hear your hair grow. Yeah, it's pretty quiet, absolutely. And uh, But, you know, we want the best for you guys. We're trying to give you the absolute best quality we can in a podcast, and uh, so we hope you enjoy it. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and many of them are really bad. <laughs> the audio sound quality-wise. The, the sound quality is really bad. And so I determined years ago, I said, with what my budget will allow, I'm going to try to do as nice a sound as I can because I owe it to the people that I'm doing this for. And... um Lo and behold, when we decided to, in my uh, my personal, my professional life, we kind of decided to, to get involved in a media company and, and doing some media work and uh, some voiceover work. And so I thought, this is a perfect opportunity to upgrade all of my podcasts that I do. And so we built a sound booth. And we just really, I really enjoy, this is my sanctuary. This is my time. I come in here and uh, uh, I record and edit and put put stuff together, and it's quiet. And so, yeah, I love being in the in the dark room here, in the basement. In the basement, yes. But anyway, we have a movie, man. A big movie. Yeah, I think something was released this week that's worth talking about. We have seen Solo. So, in this edition of the Film Coterie, this will be our spoiler-free review. You can listen to it safely. We're not going to reveal any of the big twists or turns or or cameos, or Easter eggs, or anything else that might be in this movie. We're just going to talk about the general nuts and bolts, and what we thought of it. So it's a safe review, but we're also going to do a spoiler cast Yes, that we'll release in a couple days, and that will have our full thoughts on the movie, and we'll discuss everything. Yeah, absolutely. And I think maybe for our second segment of the show uh, tonight, we're going to go ahead and um, do a little origins preview. We have an amazing con that's coming to Columbus, Ohio, where we're at. So I'm excited to talk about that. Origins is a board game convention, but there's a lot else that goes on. There's a lot of immersive entertainment, and as well, they have a film festival. So we'll, we'll talk about origins and do our own little preview at the end of the episode. Sounds great. Well, I think we'll jump right into our review of Solo, A Star Wars Story. Why don't we peek inside and listen to a little bit of it, and we'll get our thoughts on it. You're listening to The Film Coterie. You see, how'd you guys let me beat you on that one? Come on. There's no liars in this game. Just players. The seat taken? Nobody's in the seat that I ain't taking, friend. So this is, uh... Sabak. 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 Got it. You played before? 
couple times, yeah. Captain Lindo Karazin, on solo. Looks like you're uh, having a good day. I'm a lucky guy. Can I ask you a question, Captain Calrissian? Anything, Han? It's Han, but that's okay. I heard a uh, story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. Okay, for tonight's review, we're going to talk about Solo, a Star Wars story. This is the second anthology film in the new Star Wars universe that Disney's putting out, and this one focuses on the young adventures of Han Solo and Chewie, with Lando playing a pretty big part in this film. Yeah, absolutely. So when this movie was announced, I mean, a lot of people felt that Disney was really playing it safe. They were doing Rogue One to tell the story of how the Death Star plans fell into the Rebels' hands. This one is, how did Han get the Millennium Falcon? How did he meet Chewie? It's answering a lot of those questions. So going in, especially with some of the knowledge of the director turnover, they had some issues with the initial director, and they brought in Ron Howard to close it out. My expectations were pretty low. Yeah, and mine were too, to be honest. And you hadn't even seen anything past the first teaser. Nope, I just saw the teaser and decided I'd go spoiler-free because I thought, I don't want to have a preconceived idea going in one way or another. So my fear going into this movie was that it was just going to be a connection to greatest hits. Like, everything's going to happen at once. Maybe they're going to get the Millennium Falcon early. These are not spoilers, by the way. This is my guess of what was going to happen. Right. He's going to meet Chewie, meet Lando, and, well, and have yeah, some I, kind of adventure. These are just, Adam, these are just facts that every person, this is not spoiler. It's how he gets the Falcon. It's how he meets Chewbacca. It's how he bumps into Lando and steals it from him, you know, in, a, in, the, in the infamous card game, if you've watched any other Star Wars movie, you know. Right. So, I mean, I, I thought it was just going to be a connected set of bits. What I'm very pleased to announce is I I was impressed with this film. I said I was going in with low expectations and it it pulled some surprises. I mean, I was legitimately impressed by the film. And here's where the weird disconnect is in my brain between a film lover and a Star Wars fan. If I were to step back and look at this as a film, I'd say it's a three and a half out of five stars. That's just kind of where my brain goes on the analytical side. Oh, interesting. But the Star Wars side of my brain, it elevates it. Even though it's just a three and a half star movie, my brain thinks this is like an 80 to 90% movie. Now, so now, I have this disconnect. That is weird because I think I'm the exact opposite. Okay. Because now I, I, I want to say up front, I'm not, I'm not down on this movie at all. You know, I really enjoyed the movie. It was, I think it's a good movie. But I, I think um, as just a technical, as a, see, I think it started out as a bunch of bits. You know, it's a bunch of comedic. It's a rough start. As a rough, uh, you know, I, I mean, I mean, the, in, in its in its history, in its in its, you know, it went through multiple directors and ended up in Ron Howard's lap, who reshot allegedly seventy percent of the film. Well, I think he saved the film. Yeah, that's what I. I think if we they would not have brought in Ron Howard, what we would have got is exactly what you described. Just a bunch of bits going from, you know, how do we get the Falcon? How do we meet Chewie? And no cohesiveness to it. Ron Howard brought story, brought some heart. Um, he really connected these pieces together and gave us a good movie here. But when I look back and I evaluate this movie, it's about a three and a half, maybe a four as just a movie. But as a Star Wars lover... It's about a three. In other words, it's slightly lower for me. It's not as okay. high. So I bump up, and you actually bump down because of Star Wars fandom. As a Star Wars fan, and 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 you know, just cutting right to the chase here, you know, the character of Han Solo played by Harrison Ford is so iconic to me 
And I don't know. I don't know if anybody could have replaced and, and, and you know and become Han Solo for the, a young Han Solo. They just couldn't. So my expectation is too high. Yeah. For the Han Solo. Now I think the kid that did it did did a very admirable job, and he caught some of the stances right. And he he tried to from keep, behind. From behind. Whenever he's posing and the camera fixates on him for a long shot, he looks great. No, yeah. You, you buy the swagger. I I get it. But when it comes to the nuance of a Han Solo, it's really lost on this character. There's a way that Han has of talking with his hands and the slow slow gesturing that Harrison Ford does, excuse me, and just certain mannerism, tilts of the head and stuff that I just didn't get with his portrayal of him. But I think he did a good job. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, it's my love of Han Solo and Harrison Ford that is maybe giving me a bias negatively. Okay. Now, conversely... I thought the other roles were out of the park. I thought the Danny Glover, Donald Glover as um, as Lando was incredible. I thought he knocked it out of the park. He's the MVP of the movie. Oh, because without let me a say doubt. this, going back with Star Wars prequels, one of the few characters we have a younger version of themselves is Obi Wan. We had him by Alec Guinness, and we had him by Ewan McGregor. I liked what Ewan McGregor did as young Obi Wan with some of the mannerisms and the the tone and the the vocal inflections. So that's what we're looking at. Right. Donald Glover is very much in that camp where it, it feels like a younger Lando. It's nailed. He nails it. Han Solo is a more broad interpretation. Yeah. And Amelia Clark, who played the, 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 Kira. the, the Kira character, I thought she was great. Um, I thought Woody Harrelson was very solid. He's always good. You know, here's the thing. Woody Harrelson, for years, I thought, well, he'll be in it and he'll kind of be half buffoon half badass or whatever, you know, and I'll be like, yeah, I was always lukewarm on him. The dude has totally grown on me the last few years. Between three billboards and Between this. Between three billboards and this. I thought he was excellent. Planet of the Apes. And Planet of the Apes. I thought yeah. he was excellent in all three of those. Gives solid performances. Um, it, The movie is beautifully shot. It's, it's the, 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 I mean, the technology we're getting today just makes stuff look... The eye candy is just incredible. You know? So you're aware for the time frame, this takes place at the halfway mark between episode three and episode four, roughly 10 years right. before episode four. So the Empire is in control. Visually, it looks like the original trilogy with the Imperial technology and the structures. Doesn't look Old Republic, doesn't look like the new saga. It's very much set in the original trilogy yeah. aesthetic. Yeah. And so, so I really have to say, every other play, and even even the main character that played Han, all the other characters, every one of those pieces, the guy that played the Overlord that was in that plays Vision in Infinity Ward, Paul uh, Bettany, Paul Bettany, thought he was good. I think it was really solid. You know, Dryden Voss is the gangster. Yeah, you know. So, I mean, overall, this is probably. B plus as a movie for me, three and a half, maybe pushing four stars. But when I take the solo factor, because he's supposed to be the heart of the movie, and I felt his performance just underwhelming, and and I don't want to be mean on it. I'm not trying to be. I thought he did great. So if it wasn't for the Harrison Ford performance, if this was the first time you were exposed to Han as a character. I I, I thought it would have been fine. Okay. No, absolutely. Yeah. And that's my bias of, you know, I'm, I'm coming at this with, 39 years of Star Wars in my mind, you know, kind of a deal. Um, but, but you know, I thought about this. I've thought about this a lot. I didn't necessarily have that drawback with the Obi-Wan character, you know? 
there was more of an effort to impersonate with Obi-Wan, I, I believe, because here's what they were saying. I mean, I was worried about Han's performance that's Alden in this movie because they said they had to bring on an acting coach. There's all these rumors that he was really not good during the early production of this movie and that the direct, the original directors now, were having trouble with him. Yeah, go ahead. So, again, 70% of this movie was reshot. Ron Howard is an actor's director. He can get good performances. So at first I was off put because this is not an impersonation of of Han Solo. It's not. The actor himself said he watched as much as he could of Harrison Ford and then tried to forget it and just remember the skeletal frame of what that performance looked like and act in this space. And I'd say that's what we got. Yeah, Yeah. so it's not an impersonation. It's just a different interpretation of the character. And maybe 20 minutes in, I kind of forgot. I stopped comparing him, and I just accepted this as Han Solo at this age. Now, I'm going to throw this out here. You yeah. probably think I'm crazy, but I'm going to throw this out here. So, <clears throat> and you tell me if you, if you guess where I'm going here. We just got done at Marcon, and I had to do a Blade Runner panel where I got to see an old Harrison Ford and a young, um, a young agent that goes around, a Blade Runner that goes around retiring. Um, and I'm sitting there thinking, what if he would have played Harrison Ford? And I thought, that, now that would have knocked it out of the park. I'm just being honest with you because uh, his name just completely escaped me. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a huge Ryan Gosling person, a fan or whatever. I think he's a good actor and okay, but I'm thinking about Blade Runner because I had watched the new one just for this, you know, for, for the for the panel. And I'm thinking, what if that guy there would have had a stab at playing young Han? And again, it, that would have been more of a risk to some people because he, he doesn't look like Harrison Ford. Yeah, this but, guy could kind of carry the look a little bit. Right. But but what was amazing to me in Blade Runner was how he captured what a Blade Runner, how Harrison Ford played a Blade Runner. That kind of, you know, that 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 personality, that physicality, that, you know, that kind of feeling to it. So I don't, I don't know. I just sitting there thinking, I wonder what he would have been like. I, I don't know. I so. <laughs> But not, but let's say this. Yes. This was an interesting slice of Star Wars for me because this is the first Star Wars film where we've thrown out the major themes. This oh. is a movie that the Empire and the Rebels are on the sidelines. Yep. There's no real Force users. This is a story about the criminal underworld. Yes. So it's new. It's fresh. It's not playing on any common theme that we knew from the other eight movies to nine movies, however many there have been now. Yeah. And I like all that. I think there there's a whole lot of unexplored territory to go with, with these characters now, you know? And here's a funny, if you've read any of the critical takes on this movie, they're all over the place. The one that kind of stuck out to me, I, I'm not going to name names, and I'm using this word, but I'll change it. There's a review that said, Solo has no balls. I'm going to say guts. What they mean by that is that this movie plays it safe. But you got to look at what Disney just did. They put out the gutsiest movie yet with Last Jedi, a movie that didn't play it safe on anything. Yep, which I loved. Right. I loved that they didn't do that. Now they're being critiqued because they put out an anthology film, which has certain story points they can't touch. Now they're being critiqued for being safe. So, I mean, it's a little bit of a no-win situation here for Star Wars. It's one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't, as far as, you know, when you're that big of a conglomerate and you're, you're using such a... They're never going to make the perfect movie for all of the Star Wars fans, you know. But it, we've had this flip flop because Force Awakens is almost a remake of New Hope. It felt safe. It felt familiar. Yeah, yeah. Rogue One again, very familiar. Yeah, but I liked Rogue One. A I lot. like Rogue One too. And, and I and I liked some of the direction that Rogue One went. 
especially as it went toward the end of the last th- the last act. How it, I thought it went for it. You know, I thought, dang, Disney's going to do it. They're going to just say, we've got to sell everything out to steal those plans, you know? I'm sorry, I'm not no, sidetracking no, no. us, but I'm just saying I liked how they went for it. So this is my hope going forward, is that we're getting these new trilogies from the Game of Thrones writers, the show, not the book, and uh, Favreau's doing the live-action series, Ryan Johnson's doing his new trilogy. These are not going to be familiar or safe. Right. So I hope we can just walk this line where movies can be both. Some in the series are going to be safe, and some are going to be riskier. I mean, that's, that's what Marvel does. That. Yeah. So hopefully we can get used to that. We don't have to compare. We want it safe or we want it dangerous. We can just accept them as films. Yeah. Now, let me, plan, let me ask you this question. Having seen this movie, how do you feel about a Han Solo part two where him and, you find out how him and Chewbacca got totally entangled with Jabba the Hutt? Here's the thing, and this is what really surprised me about the film. I liked it. I thought it'd be a one and done. I'm going to walk in, watch this movie. I'll see how they did everything, and that's it. I'm never going to want a sequel. I got to tell you, I walked out of this movie, and I want a sequel. And we'll get to that. They do spo- some, we'll, we'll talk about more in the spoiler in cast. In the spoiler cast, because of some things There's more that are stories revealed. to be told here. Yes, yes. We have 10 years to go until New Hope, so here it is. I'm fully on board. If they shoot Solo 2, I'm there. I am too. I, yeah, I, I am too. Absolutely. Um, as we're kind of wrapping this segment up about just our general thoughts about Solo, what other what else sticks out to you? The score, the music? Yeah, with the um, Star Wars movie, it's near impossible to take everything in all at once. You're watching the story, the plot, the visuals. This music, it, it wasn't super memorable to me, but I, I have to see it again to pay attention to that aspect. I mean, it was just... Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing. I'm trying to watch for so many other things that I didn't really pay attention to the music. It's all new. It's not by John Williams. Right. And I'm not saying it was good or bad. It just wasn't. I mean, there's a whole lot about this movie. I really want to just go see it again because you're taking everything in for the first time. You really can't study what's going on on the screen, you know. It's overwhelming, especially, I mean, we saw it on the huge mega screen. Yeah, we were in the IMAX too, so. I honestly can't even critique the music. I can't say if it was good or bad. I I just don't know. It it was too much. Yep. Excellent. Well, anything else about about Solo? Uh, This movie, out of more than the rest of them, may not be a standalone film. I feel like you really might not enjoy it if you don't know the story. Where if people jumped into Rogue One or something else and they hadn't seen any other films. And, and, and is that because, Adam, of the callbacks to lines that were used in the movie that were maybe um, synonyms or antonyms for other lines in the, that Solo uses in the movie? No, I, I just think the story relies on you having a, a built-in affinity for the characters. Because I was a little disappointed, honestly, in the Han and Chewie stuff. It wasn't as strong as I thought it would be. For their early relationship. And that's a nitpick, and it's a serious one. And I don't think you'd really like Chewie very much if you'd saw this movie first and not seen any of the others, where we have this deep love for Chewbacca. Right. So the movie relies on you already having that, instead of introducing him as a character. I think that's fair enough. I don't know if I agree with that, but I think it's fair enough. Absolutely. Um, There are parts of it that I really liked. I I saw it coming a mile away. They didn't telegraph, you know, they, they didn't telegraph how they meet. You know, I mean, they didn't hide. They telegraphed it to me. They didn't hide very well. I kind of saw it a mile away, but um, yeah. Um, I I think that could have been. I mean, Chewie's the least developed out of all the characters in this movie. 
and and they attempt to try to develop some backstory with him a little bit. And he was never really developed in the other movies, but because we had so much more time with him over six films, you know, we have this love for him where he's just sort of a a piece in this right. movie that they don't pay much no, attention yeah. to. Absolutely. So. Okay, I think that's going to wrap it up for Solo, a Star Wars story. When we come back, we're going to get into some preview of Origins, uh, one of the premier cons that's coming to Columbus, Ohio. And the film Coterie will be going to Origins, and we're going to be playing, uh, we're going to be getting involved in Origins, and we'll have some stuff to talk about. So you're listening to the film Coterie. We'll be right back after the music. And we're back, and um, Adam and I are going to be going next month in June to Origins. And Adam, for for those maybe listening around the country and the world, because we have a global audience, for those listening around the world in this country, what is Origins if, if nobody's ever heard of it before? Origins is primarily a board game convention. It's been around for a while. It's actually run by Gamma, G-A-M-A. They're the main association of game makers. So it's sort of the official trade association. And in the U.S., it's the second biggest gaming convention, just behind Gen Con. There's some bigger ones in Europe, like Essen. But Origins is the convention to go to if you want to play and try the newest board games and just hang out for four days. It's a lot of fun. It's not just board games, though. As the genre develops, there's more and more live-action, immersive entertainment. One of the big things from Gen Con every year has been True Dungeon. It's like if you were actually in your Dungeons and Dragons game, walking around, seeing the monsters and solving the puzzles. So we are going to do True Dungeon this year, yeah. and we're going to interview Jeff Martin. I, I'm telling you, if who's you, the if creator? You, if you love D and D, if you love RPGs, I and you've never heard of True Dungeon, you need to Google it and watch some of the YouTube clips. They literally recreate a dungeon crawl, you know. And I'm talking animatronics and smoke and weapons. Electronic and puzzles that light up and puzzles like wands and, and magic artifacts. I, I'm telling you, I am stoked and so excited. Uh, and, the, and yeah, as the film Coterie, we are going to be uh, checking it out, man. Yeah, and we're going to be interviewing Jeff Martin. Like I said, he created True Dungeon. They've been around for a while, but they're entering a brand new phase where they're, I forget what they call it, but they have a next level of dungeon they're introducing now. It's going to be a Norse mythology, Ooh. and we're doing the first chapter where it's a dungeon plus with all new stuff. Will we get to meet the Allfather? <laughs> uh, I think that's a Gen Con. I think it's called the Vault of the Allfather. <laughs> oh, man. We're doing the Astral Journey to the Bliss. Well, there you go. It's the chapter that we're handling. As long as we don't experience Ragnarok, we'll be all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's endgame stuff. That'll be These stories take years. They do chapters. Yep, absolutely. But True Dungeon has a huge following. There's loot. You actually get little, they look like poker chips. And you get your gear, and you get treasure when you finish the dungeon, and, and some of the stuff goes for hundreds or thousands of dollars to the people that do it every year. <coughs> this is the first time Roger and I have ever done it, so we're just doing the one run, but like I said, we're excited to see it, and we're going to interview Jeff. We might be professionals, though, when this is all done. <laughs> we might get into it big time, but you never know. No, I, I tell you, Adam, I'm really, 
I'm stoked. I'm excited to try it. You know, I mean, I, I grew up playing D and D and I, you know, advanced dungeons and dragons and I've played first edition, second edition, 3.5 edition, fourth edition, pathfinder, you know, I've played them all through the years and I love a good RPG, love fantasy, fantasy stories, that kind of stuff too. So this is kind of like a little, this, the little kid in me is like, dream come true. Got to put on my wizard's cloak or my battle axe and shield. And smite a foe. And smite a foe. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. In, in dealing with this immersive entertainment, I'm also going to try to reach out to some of the people I had the experience with at Overlook to talk about their experiences. With uh, I did that in another room if you listen to that episode. Yeah. So we're going to bring in some other creators of this new genre of a mix between theater and an experience and, and share that on this episode that's upcoming in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that'll be exciting. So. So Origins, check it out. If you live in the if you live in the in the area here, if you're in the if you're in the Midwest somewhere, people travel from all over. I mean, the Dice Tower guys from Florida will be up here and I mean, uh, um does Rado come over from from across the pond? A lot of the personalities are yeah. here. Rodney from Watch It Played. Yep, Watch It Played will be there. And all the major manufacturers are here from Asmodee to Fantasy Flight yeah. to everyone else. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, just a little behind the how the sausage is made with Adam and I, for those of you that are curious. If we'd ever start a second podcast, <laughs> it would probably be a tabletop gaming podcast. Our two loves. Because <laughs> those are our two loves, absolutely. Between... Uh, well, we have a few board games between the two of us, don't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. But it's all fun, isn't it? You yeah. Know? So I mean, it, I, and we're kind of looking at this as the immersive entertainment. That's why we're bringing yeah, it to the foam coterie. Absolutely. So definitely check out True Dungeon. We're we're excited. We we support them. They're going to be at Origins, <laughs> and then later in the summer in August, they'll be at Gen Con with their brand new enhanced experience dungeons so definitely check out your dungeon so this is the film coterie i'm let's have a little quiz here pop quiz right what are movies that have a tabletop that have a tabletop origin that have a board game origin right jumanji board game themed movie battleship from a battleship few years from ago. a few years ago what else comes to mind are there any other tabletop games well there was a dungeons and dragons movie clue Clue was 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 a decent okay movie, you know, for its time. I think it was late eighties, early nineties, maybe. What else? Is there has there? There's been a Monopoly movie. No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there has been. Not yet. Am I thinking of something else? Yeah. Anyway, what else? Any other tabletop games that you can think of that have become? I mean, they've sold the rights to Magic: The Gathering for the story, but that hasn't popped yet. I'm not really. I'm drawing a blank here, thinking about anything else. Okay. Well, I bet there's more than what we think. If we if we if we were to Google it and look, I bet we'd find that there's a little more than we think. But that's kind of our tie-in, you know. Hey, it's an entertainment thing, you know. And so, as a film coterie, we want to entertain as well. So, absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for Origins. Let's take a quick break and let's talk a little bit about what's coming up in the weeks to come. What movies we might be seeing, and. Uh, give you a little preview of coming attractions. You're listening to The Film Coterie. We'll be right back.
right, and we're back, and uh, this is our coming attractions segment, or what's happened in the next few weeks. So, Adam, what do our listeners have to look forward to in the next couple weeks, man? There's not much coming out in the wake of Solo. Everyone's getting out of the way of Avengers and now Deadpool and then Solo. Now, now before you jump into that, we have been on an emotional wave, man. Infinity War and now Solo, I, just, I, I need a break. They're actually doing a double feature. We have a drive-in on South High, and that's the feature night is Solo followed by Infinity War. <sighs> man, I'm not doing that. I, I can't emotionally <laughs> handle it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I interrupted you. What do we have coming up the next couple weeks? Upgrade is a very fun movie coming out uh, next week. Feels like a throwback to some 80s Carpenter kind of nice. fun, looking upgraded body yeah, horror action. In two weeks is a movie I'm most excited about. I've already seen it. I've talked about it. Hereditary. Just because it feels like this may be a new horror classic. So to make sure I'm not crazy, uh, we may be bringing on some special guest hosts that are going to see the movie and also give me their thoughts that... Was I just in a festival buzz and saw it, or is this something truly special? Okay. So Hereditary is going to be a big part of the conversation here in June. Yeah, I'm look. I'm looking forward to hearing the panel talk about that movie. You've heard me talk about it endlessly, so at least some other yep. voices will chip in and, and maybe say I'm crazy and it's not that good. Well, we're going to find out. Okay. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode, Adam. If they want to find us on the social media interwebs... Well, yeah, and if you want to hear more about Solo, we're going to record a spoiler cast, yes. and we'll release that here in a few days, so you can hear our full spoiled thoughts on the movie. Yep. Look for that to drop sometime over Memorial Day weekend as a surprise bonus episode. So if you're looking for us on social media, we're on Facebook. You just go to facebook.com backslash filmcoterie. We are also on Twitter and Instagram with the same handle, at filmcoterie. So look for us there. Awesome. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. 